Welcome to the Louis Talks podcast, where I do what I do best, talk and chat to people. So today on the podcast with me, I've got Paul Faulkner, the CEO of the Greater Birmingham Chamber of Commerce. Now, I only met Paul a few months back at the Transatlantic Conference in Birmingham, but we had a good conversation afterwards about what he was doing, what the Chamber in Birmingham was up to. They've got some amazing new initiatives and events such as Future Faces and the international work that they're doing. Now, I've worked with Chamber of Commerce organisations for about 12 years now, and they helped me manage my export clientele in 17 countries around the world, but also network locally. So I work with them both on a local and international level. And I just really felt that I had to get Paul on the podcast. He'd had such an interesting background before he got into the chamber. So we'll talk about that and also dive into what the chamber can do to help your businesses for the listeners and watchers out there to help you grow and scale your business as well. We talk about what it's like to be in Birmingham at the moment in all of the development and excitement that's happening but we also talk about business agility in general and touch on many other topics so please enjoy this fantastic interview with Paul Faulkner. So good morning Paul, Um, really great to have you on the podcast, thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, no great to be here and, uh, and good to be doing this yeah. Absolutely. So um, I just want to sort of jump straight in because, as as you well know, um, I'm a huge advocate and fan of the Chamber. Um, I've been um, working with or member of various Chamber organisations for um, oh, probably coming up to about 12 years now. Well, so, yeah. yeah um, so, you know, well, we real... love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. And, and as you well know, I, I grew my international network. We were exporting 17 countries around the world. And um, I'd say 95% of that came through the chamber. Um, And so, uh, and managing it was through the chamber. So although we might have had the odd contact come through that wasn't direct from the network, actually managing it there onwards, um, the chamber had a huge part to play in in my business, both in the UK and internationally. So um, I am so honoured to have uh, the CEO of the Birmingham Chamber on the podcast with me. And uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Um, what what got you to, to being involved in the chamber, your career up, up to this date? Just tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about you and, um, you know, what you do now. No, I will do. Yeah, sure. And, and no, just to say, I'm honoured to be, be on the, the podcast, Louis. So thank, thank you. you very much for, uh, for asking me. And, 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 you know, it's great to have such a champion and an advocate of the chamber. Um, I mean, we... Uh, you know, we've got a great team here who work very, very hard, but um, and we know that we deliver uh, lots of benefits and results to, to businesses of all shapes and sizes. But you know, when you've got somebody who's been successful and is able to sort of talk about it themselves, rather than us just trying to sort of say this is what we can do, then it's so, so powerful. So you know, just to start off by uh, saying how, how welcome it is, and we welcome how vocal you are about it because you know, you're you're a passionate, genuine. Uh, individual and uh, you know had that sort of success that you have and so yeah it's great that you're out there fighting the fight for us and you know ultimately um, directing more business more businesses more entrepreneurs towards the chamber because we want to help people that's what we're here for um Sorry, so that's my, my sort of preamble. <laughs> but, uh, but well, no, thank thank you, my... and and uh, you know I'm very very pleased to do so. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I mean in terms of um, so sort of my background, I guess I've had quite an eclectic career you could say I started off um, uh, when I was at, at, at university I studied history so the trouble with studying history brilliant degree um, but didn't know what I wanted to, to do with it and um, 
that led me uh, to start my career in a in a credit card bank. Um, and again, if you told me at 18 that that would be my first job, I probably would have uh, turned on my heels and walked away from you. But it was basically uh, an organization that was based up in my, my hometown um, in Chester. I'd had a summer job there and um, you know, they had a, a graduate scheme that they were offering afterwards. So, you know, I sort of fell into it while looking for a, a role. Um, and I think I was, I was really lucky there because actually they had a, a great training scheme, uh, taught me a lot around um, that particular business, but I think sort of business in general. So I had a sort of a 12 month period where you were rotating around the organization, um, getting a lot of mentoring from senior managers and sort of just you know, absorbing it all. Um, and from there, I was fortunate to get the opportunity to move over to uh, the US, actually to Delaware, and um, spent uh, just over 12 months working in the, the bank there in their sort of um, marketing um, department. So that was my sort of formative years and ended up moving back over this side of the, the pond and uh, worked down in London and, and quickly, um, I guess, progressed onwards, uh, spent a bit of time working for a recruitment firm uh, in the Northwest and then went and worked for uh, a family office um, who were, again, based in the, the US. That was through my links with the, the bank, actually. Uh, they'd been one of the, uh, the largest shareholders in the bank, went and worked for that the family for a period doing all sorts of things from uh, renovating and developing hotels and restaurants, running a retail square um, to a little bit of asset management as well in, in Manhattan. And um, that then led one day to um, a sort of a conversation where the, uh, the person I worked for, um, Randy Lerner, decided that, that he wanted was interested in buying a, a soccer team uh, in the UK. Um, and um, to sort of cut a long story short, uh, ended up buying Aston Villa in 2006. And so I was a part of, of that process and then working with, with Randy and, and the family got more and more involved uh, in the club, which is sort of how I ended up in Birmingham. Uh, sort of uh, fundamentally spent uh, about eight and a half, nine years uh, at Villa, which was, was fantastic. It's an amazing club and uh, great to see them back where they belong in the Premier League this year. Um, from there, I had a little break, uh, went over to the East Midlands working uh, at Nottingham Forest as, as chief exec uh, for a short sort of spell. And then uh, in 2015, found myself back in Birmingham, uh, as chief exec here at, at the chamber. Uh, so it's it has been pretty eclectic, uh, but I had um, awful lot of different and varied experiences. You're always learning and uh, I've sort of enjoyed that and, and absolutely love what I do right now. It was funny because I had uh, some experience of the chamber when I'd been at, at Villa. We were patron members then and had come to some events. I actually won a, a chamber award. I think it was 2010 or 2011. Uh, or, or the football club did for our, our excellence in the community and all the work we did there. So I'd been to a few of the big annual dinners and we picked up the award and um, could sort of had a sense of the benefits. And I knew the my predecessor um, as chief exec quite well. And uh, really it was when he was retiring um, in 2015 that we had a conversation and uh, he sort of pointed me in the direction of, of the opportunity here. And I thought, this is fantastic. You know, the, you know, the chance to be involved in an organization which exists to support businesses and to support the local economy and to sort of, by doing that, to support, you know, all citizens um, who live in the area is, 
is great. It, it's sort of a good reason to leap out of bed every morning. And I think uh, that's the approach that myself and the team take. You know, we're here to help and to make a positive difference. And um, yeah, there's no, there's so much that the chamber does and can do to to add value that um, yeah, it's almost quite intoxicating. One would say, you know, it's it's great to be able to to make a positive difference. Amazing, yeah. I, I, it must be such an incredibly different and and as you say, rewarding role to to be in and amongst this I, I see the chamber as this sort of spider's web you know where there's mm. all of these different elements of the network and different people linked in and corporates and events and networking and speaking and all of these different things culminating together and it must be quite a unique environment to work in because you know there's there's not many places you get to have such a, a diversity it, it's incredibly diverse you know no day is the the same and um you know, it feels like you you try to get the balance between being, and I think as an organization, we're very organized and proactive. So we're putting things in place and uh, be they conferences or events or lining up speakers or sort of policy campaigns that we think and we know will, will add value and be of interest to people. But you're also then having to be reactive and respond to what's going on in the world. And, you know, a lot's driven by... Um, by politics, we're an apolitical organisation, but there's no doubt that um, that impacts on, on 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 business. And so we find ourselves needing to uh, respond. And you know, you can have a day planned out, and suddenly you get that that phone call, and uh, and it all changes, which I think you get used to. And uh, you know, we relish. We've got a great team of people here at, at the chamber. As you as you say, it's really diverse, really really broad. The the range of things that we cover from you know simple sort of networking events in the morning through to you know very detailed um, work around export documentation we process about five percent of all export docs in the country here in in Birmingham uh, with our team we've got a, a translation service who are, are working for you know, doing work for the UN uh, right now we're providing export support as, as, as you know well and sort of through our, our DIT contract with you know we're leading sort of policy work where right now we're doing a lot of work around brexit and helping businesses be prepared as much as they possibly uh, can be or you know, working with the council on the clean air zone uh, that's coming into effect in uh, next year in in birmingham right through to producing an awful lot of business news and content every single day and trying to sort of spread the message of what our, our brilliant businesses in the uh, in the region are doing and sharing their stories and we're seeing now that grow and go from strength to strength so yeah it, it's it's busy we cover an awful lot of ground not just in the topics but also the geography because um we're the greater birmingham chambers so it's very much birmingham and solihull and, and sutton coalfield but actually spreading into southern staffs and you know, literal tamworth and and burton as well so very very broad very diverse um brings its challenges but uh, an awful lot of fun trying to knit it all together yeah, I, I can imagine. And and I think the thing is that always surprises me with the chamber is that reach, you know, is that, as you said, um, you know, thinking back many, many years when I first really got into involved in, in the chamber in, in different capacities, sometimes it was a networking event. 
I mean, obviously, I spoke at um, one of the Future Faces event. I'm losing track of my days, but last week, I think. Last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, last week. Um, you know, and, and what an incredibly fantastic and exciting event to go along to with young entrepreneurs and young professionals. And um, yeah, it was a panel discussion. We're all sitting there talking about what it's like to build businesses and the pitfalls and some of the ways getting through it. So, uh, you know, from that point of view, from a local level, of being able to offer that support at a local networking event, getting and I think a lot of businesses getting to know the right people, whether yeah. it be a service, you know, it's, you need a website building or marketing doing or branding, or it could be the right accountant, the right lawyer. And so I think that for me is what really sums up the chamber is it's it's a human network. And, yeah. and that's how we leveraged it, both in the UK of going to a networking event and, you know, having a chat and finding the right people to work with or on an international level, being able to pick up the phone and speak to somebody in Mexico or Kuala Lumpur within sort of 48, 72 hours and speak to somebody who's in the marketplace who has ties with British businesses anyway so from a cultural perspective they understand that um, but also to to deliver the right partners so um, <clears throat> an anecdotal story um, for the chamber you've heard this one before Paul but for, for the listeners out there so we got a request from the Mexican market to export. This was in 2010. I yeah. was sort of pushing it away, saying this is ice to Eskimos. I don't really understand how a British chocolate company is going to sell chocolate successfully in Mexico. I kept pushing it away, and eventually the distributor got in touch and said, look, we've just got the products into the biggest department store in Mexico. So I was saying, okay, this is interesting. Uh, we phoned up a couple of um, support networks, didn't at uh, the chamber unfortunately at that time wasn't our first port call we were basically trying to figure out what certification we needed long story short we were told by um, an, an organization that helps exporters export that we needed a milk origin certification we got it done sent the pallets over to Mexico and literally within a couple of days of them arriving we had a message from customs saying none of the certification is right we're going to destroy the products yeah. and um i was in mexico at the time got in touch with the chamber and within hours the chamber put me in touch with a lawyer who solved the problem sorted out all the right certification um, and got our pallets out of customs <clears throat> so i think that oh. you know everything from local level to yeah. you know crisis emergency finding the right person at that point as a lawyer so i i guess in terms of if if you were to to try and explain that in a couple of different ways, if a business or an entrepreneur is sitting out there listening now, what does that service look like? I know it's so broad, but I think for me there is that there's the local stuff and then there's the international, and obviously they fit together very well, but they're also yeah. separate in in a way. And I mean, so it's internally, that's what we've been doing and we continue to do is to knit it all together. Um, we hide the wiring so to the the business the individual the member they don't need to know how our different sort of teams um operate but i guess it's a bit of a triage service uh, if you like and it, it's about listening to what people are saying and then as you just illustrated being able to point them in the right direction of the the the, the person or the event or the service which would would you know, best help them and i think you know what we um 
we sort of look for and we, we're always talking about and we try to uh, encourage anyone who's who's thinking of getting involved in the chamber or just got involved is to engage with us and to engage with the, the, the chamber and I think it's by engaging and, and it's a two-way deal and we'll make sure that we've got people um, here who equally be sort of trying to drive that engagement but you know that means talking it means learning exploring and kind of oh, I didn't realize you did that I didn't know that you did that or we may have certain things coming up and it's it's by raising them and flagging them to people they go oh actually that is of interest to me because you know you I hadn't mentioned it but actually I am looking to uh, export to, to Mexico so that's very very timely and I think the more that that there is mutual engagement then the the, the deeper the the benefits run and and I love that phrase you used about you know that sort of human network and um what what I've seen is that the more that people who are involved are very generous and they're very generous with their time and, and wanting to help and again you know your example was brilliant and there you are in Mexico and you call the chamber and here's a problem and it it it's one of the really powerful things that, that while say we're sat here or I'm sat here in in Birmingham and representing the Birmingham chamber there is this network around the world. Chambers have been um, going for hundreds and hundreds of years. And when that phone call or the, the message comes in, people sort of mobilize and will we'll try to help you. And in you know, that case, a great solution sort of found and disaster averted and, and you're up and running then. And um, without sounding too corny, there's a great sense of satisfaction from providing those solutions and putting the experience and the contacts to work and a little bit you know you're sat there in the middle here's a problem well here's someone we know who has an expertise in in that particular field let's link you up and again uh, that generosity comes through where people will want to help i think you know sort of uh, humans in general have a uh, a, a generous of spirit and then you know, we help to sort of facilitate that and, and ultimately business gets done and that's what we're looking to do you know the, the sort of we're driving that uh, the economic cycle yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that I've always said in, in business and actually said at the future faces, I think when building a business, there is an element that that old saying, you know, knowledge is power. And so mm. you have to know your product, you have to know your industry, there is a huge amount of learning and education and knowledge growth. And I think that that's where the chamber come in really well is that like some of those young people that um, have approached me since the Future Faces event who are saying, I'm thinking about doing something, I'm not quite sure, I'm still in that idea phase. And so the advice is knowledge build. The Future yeah. Faces is perfect for that, to bring people in to say, if you're thinking or, you, or you've started a business and you've got a bit of a knowledge gap, but actually, once you've got your knowledge, once you've potentially got a product or a service, the rest of it is human. It's human connections. And I yeah. think that not enough people in business realize that how vital. Um, and if you don't know the right people, sometimes you you can't be successful because it is about contact to contact. You know, a buyers in another country for us, they're just other people. And yeah. other people tend to know other people. And so by engaging with a chamber and having a conversation and going to an event, somebody somewhere will say, oh, actually, um, I know the buyer of such and such, or I know the guy that does yeah. that. And I, and I think that is such a sometimes vitally missed aspect of business. You don't see it in enough business books, people talking about that human element. 
Um, yeah. and, and again, as, as a little anecdotal story to, to just show how apparent this is, um, <clears throat> the reason I got into Mexico was because I spilt hummus down a guy's suit. So I was at a networking event in London. The girl who'd organized it got this sort of um, veggie, vegan kind of spread, lots of hummuses and pulses and stuff, but got these super flimsy paper plates. So right. we're all kind of putting this stuff on and like balancing all this sort of food juice, you know, like sloshing about in the plate. <clears throat> and I turned round and spilt it all up this guy's suit. And um, I obviously apologized and was, you know, sort of offering to have his suit cleaned <laughs> for him. And we, you know, we had a, a really good chat. And after about 10 minutes, um, he gave me his business card and, and it said president of uh, ING Private Banking. Two weeks later, wow. he invites me to an event. I meet a guy at that event called Jamil Lalani, who's, who's coming on the podcast very soon. And um, <clears throat> Jamil, I had a call the next day from somebody he went to uni for who was organising a chocolate show in Mexico. And Jamil, and he said to Jamil, you know, do you know any good UK chocolatiers? The connection was made. And about six months later, I flew out to Mexico for the first time. So, so, so that, yeah. that's the example. You know, I, I think you realise how much business is built on people. And yeah. what I always find just staggering is, you know, I maybe have a slightly different role in, in some of the chamber things. Obviously, I've done a lot of speaking for the chamber yeah. as an organization. But even so, I'm staggered with every single time I do an event, how, how many people I end up working with off the back of that. You know, and you know what? Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I, I was just, you know, again, one one example. I did um, a, a talking event for one of the international conferences yeah. uh, down in London, and I literally came off the stage, and um, it was one of the the head uh, girls from Heathrow, and um, we ended up doing this huge sort of export support advertising campaign, which went in all of the national newspapers. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's this incredible people to people connection that I, I just can't stress enough as an entrepreneur, how important that's been to me. It, it's so powerful. And you, know, you can call it sort of serendipity or, um, or or good fortune. But it's that old adage of, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, you know, you were at that event, you know, to spill the hummus in the first place. And it's like all these things, isn't it? You know, the the invites pop up and you think, oh, you know what, I'm I've had a long day. I'm going to skip it or um, and head home and and put the telly on or you go, you know what? No, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to um, push myself and do it even when maybe I don't quite feel it or slightly out of my comfort zone. But you did that and, you know, sort of triggered all of those events. And that's back to the engagement. And I suppose as at the chamber, you try to provide a whole range of, of different opportunities for people to engage with each other through uh, the chamber and then you know lo and behold connections are made and business gets done and again you know we may provide support or services along the way to help facilitate that but but fundamentally it's about creating the the space and the opportunities for people to to make those connections in the first place but you've got to go out and and do it and you know that's where so like the event you were doing last week for future faces it's 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 people like yourself being generous with your time and wanting to share which attracts others in and they want to, to learn and you know again you'll make more and uh, newer relationships and that hopefully be good for those who are who are talking to you but I'm sure you know, you're learning as well aren't you you're, you're getting something from all of that and um, there's a beautiful sort of um, 
so it's mutually reciprocal, I guess, the benefits, and um, it is very powerful. I sound a bit evangelical about it, but <laughs> you see it, you see it working, and you go, no, this is how you know businesses get better. This is how um, you overachieve, you overperform, and how you know you can help make your business a success. It's 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 good old hard work. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and so I, I guess coming on to that, Paul. Um, in the next six months, what are some of the things that are going on with the chamber? You know, if, if people out there listening are now absolutely champing at the bit to come along to something, what what are some of the things that are going on that, that people should come along to? Uh, I mean, you know, we have a whole range of, uh, of of different sort of events which are phased throughout the year. So, mentioned future faces. So we've got their their annual dinner and awards at the the ICC in Central Birmingham on the twentieth of September. So that's a um, it's a big celebration of young professional talent in the region. There's eight or nine award categories. So, you know, people will be up there with, with trophies, but it, it goes deeper than that. It's about celebrating everybody in this sort of uh, this melting pot of, of talent that we've got right now and having a night to shine a spotlight on that. So, I mean, you know, you've got an event, a big sort of black tie event like that. I mean, Future Faces you know, will have two or three, uh, sometimes more events you know, every single month, which again, you know, young professionals can get along to. And, and I always say, come along, sort of try it, you know, just sort of see invariably the, the quality of the event will and the people you'll meet will, um, it will sort of sell itself, as it were. And again, what we need is is people to engage in the first place. We've got um, a big expo coming up in mid-October um, at, at Villa Park. So there'll be about a thousand delegates there, um, 80, 90 exhibitors. And that's a great, you know, um, a big event and a brilliant way for packing in an awful lot of network and contact building in in one day um always urge people to to come along and attend those they're free to attend as well so um there's no sort of barriers to to coming along just just sign up and uh, uh as a delegate we've got a big event coming up in solihull um in mid-october as well their annual dinner and awards again celebrating the best of uh solihull we're um We've set up a Commonwealth Chamber of Commerce division, which sort of sits with our, our international team and our, our membership team. And we've got a number of events uh, through that in the, the autumn. And that's great for building up or uh, developing opportunities for bilateral trade with different Commonwealth countries. Also, of course, for getting plugged into the network, uh, which is going to be sort of booming in this area as the Commonwealth Games draws ever closer. So that's another opportunity for, for people to look at. And then, I mean, there are so many um, uh, just sort of different opportunities to connect on a pretty much a daily basis. We do nearly 250 events a year across the region. So, you know, I'd always say, you know, get online onto our website, check out the events calendar, and there'll be something there for everybody. Spread out different times of the day because we recognise people of different... Um, sort of working patterns and uh, responsibilities at home. So what we try to do is to offer up a, a mix and a blend and, and get them uh, far enough ahead so that you can, you can plan your diary. Um, and more than anything is, you know, get involved, get engaged, um, tap into some of our digital comms as well and start to see what the conversations are, what's happening in, in the region. And um, if anyone wants to find out more, then, then you know, pick up the phone, come in and, and see us. You said it's about that human network. So you know, we're happy to, um, to to talk via any any channel, but it's always better when it's face-to-face. -face. Yeah, definitely. And and I think, like you said, 
it's always staggered me the amount of events that are going on obviously in in the region the chamber as a whole the international mm. side of things the meet the buyers but i i think mm. it's it's a case of a lot of entrepreneurs um get a bit horse blinkered a lot of business owners do and and i think sometimes I've always felt to leverage the Chamber Network, it is just about getting in touch, keeping in touch, finding out what's going on, because yes. with so many events going on, it's not always the case that you're going to see everything. So I think it's almost your job as a member to to keep your eye on the ball and, and figure out, well, what's actually, yeah. what could be beneficial for me? And, and sometimes, like you said, trying events that perhaps you wouldn't normally go to because you never know who's going to be there. It yeah. could be your next business partner or, or you know, uh, a guy you spill hummus down his suit and go to Mexico. <laughs> you know, it's um, it, it's Absolutely. It, it's that great thing. And, and like you said, it, it's that case of being in the right place makes you lucky. Working harder makes you luckier. Yeah. Um, and what so, we try to do is to make it easy as well, you know. So, um, and that's where our, our team of relationship managers, you know, work very hard to understand um, particular nuances of every business and, and, and different individuals and try to match up those opportunities and you know we use our comms uh, well to try to make, flag up the um, particular sort of highlights make it relevant so we don't over bombard people but make it simple for them to navigate um, the sort of the the whole maze of, of different activities that we we do uh, operate amazing yeah and and so coming back onto a bit of a local level mm. um you know birmingham is growing so much these days i mean i you know i remember as a kid um i lived on the outskirts of, of birmingham in a little village um in the west midlands and, and used to go into birmingham a lot and and things didn't seem to change for a long time you know birmingham yeah. seemed to remain quite the same and suddenly i think the last probably five to eight years it's just staggering the amount of development that's happened so so what's it like to be the chamber in in such a you know an incredible growth um time you know where where birmingham is just developing so quickly it's brilliant i think it's a great time to be involved in business in in birmingham um you're right there's so much development um and in some ways it was much needed you know it did feel like the the area had stagnated for a while and so well, not we were we were playing catch up, but I go, you know, it it's happening now, and I think I think Grand Central, um, sort of the redevelopment of New Street opened in in 2015, and that's always one of those markers in in my mind where you know for a number of years it was being developed, and then suddenly boom, it opened, and you went wow, um, and it felt like one of the the first of a wave of of transformational projects. Obviously, buildings being knocked down, and the aesthetic of the the city, you know, changing rapidly. You know, you look around where the Centenary Square now, with you know, the library, the new HSBC UK headquarters, the the public realm there, the, the amazing sort of fountain which has just opened in the last sort of month, and you go, you know, it feels like a, a truly world class space with world class architecture around, and um, it's inspiring, and you know, and so, you know, it's it's a brilliant time to be doing business and to be involved in, in business here. I think the other thing that, that strikes me is that there's so much change happening that that everybody in and around the, the city has kind of got used to change. And they've it, it's got people into that mentality of, we'll try something new. You know, we're, we're really up for it right now. Why not? You know, the, the sort of the, you know, the city's being ripped apart and, and rebuilt. And while that's the physical, it's also... Um, runs deeper than that and um, 
So it's a great moment to be trying new things. We're seeing a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in the city. We're seeing now, obviously, startup businesses. The stats are uh, very, very strong over about the last sort of four or five years now. Where outside of London, um, there's almost sort of twice as many startups here as as in any other sort of city. And I think that that they that all feeds off of each other. There's a sense of the possible uh, right now. You know, it hasn't been built. It's being built. And, and people can play a part in that. So um, no, it's really, really exciting. It, it, again, you can get a bit carried away, but it feels like um, quite a unique moment and one that, that we're at the chamber determined to do everything we can to make sure that we're grasping it collectively with both hands and really um, pushing forward and making the most of, of this moment. Yeah, and I, absolutely. And, and I think it, it must be so exciting to be at this you know sort of starting to ride the wave but but also from the chamber you see this real wide perspective of everything from some of your you know huge sort of patrons and 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 the people that you work with all the way down to you know the guy at future faces who's looking to start something up next week um and so i guess you know talking about some of the the bigger organizations you work with and some of the smaller ones what what's their perspective on on what's happening and and what are some of those doing to to you know try and make birmingham a, a better place well i, th- I think that I, mean, I suppose we're well placed to see how how people do come together and there's lots of different um events or workshops where you're seeing representatives from you know, the likes of know, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the sort of professional services firms who are approaching with that generosity. They want to learn. Um, we've been involved in uh, the Innovation 50 that was an initiative set up by Mills and Reeve, Steve Allen, uh, who heads up Mills and Reeve in the, in the cities, uh, our vice president. Uh, at present, he's been very heavily involved in the uh, the, sort of the transatlantic uh, chamber as well over time, and and it's that sense of an inquiring mind and wanting to help facilitate, but also learn from each other. And so it, 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 there is that moment where I think um, it's quite porous right now. The difference between you know SMEs and and larger firms. There's a lot of of interaction going on i think people are very businesses as well are very aware of their their civic responsibility and uh, certainly you know in birmingham while we're going through this great period of change yes, that's a uh, big sprawling uh, metropolitan city like birmingham has a, has an awful lot of social challenges um uh, facing us as well it's not unique to birmingham but you know we have our own sort of particular take on that and i think you know businesses large and small recognize that and they're trying to play their part in in in, in mentoring in ensuring that the sort of the the cbd the sort of Cornwall railway isn't just a, a load of glass towers but uh, people from within the city and within the, say you know a mile or two from there can't can't access so there's a lot of um i think sort of outreach and great schemes going on and a, a desire to tap into the uh, the local population tap into the latent skills base quite often it's there's a lot of work to be done to ensure that that people can connect, but it's the sort of the business community as a whole is um, recognizes that, and I think you know wants to play a part in in tackling it. Certainly, it isn't easy or straightforward, and no one can do it on their own. But um, it's that sense of 
that collective responsibility and collective support. And again, the chamber, we see an awful lot of that because you know, we we don't we try to not badge or put people into boxes or silos in terms of you know, ultimately, you know, a business is a business um, and we want to bring everybody together. Yeah, I think I think it's so nice when you see that coming together, you know, these bigger events where you have got the larger businesses giving their perspective. We saw that at the Transatlantic Chamber, yeah. you know, the, the conference where you've got businesses that are doing, you know, millions and millions worth of turnover in Europe and overseas and talking about their perspective and then, you know, startups. So, mm. so I think that that sort of cross selection, I mean, I think one of the best examples seems to be Gymshark. You know, mm. a, a real, um, <clears throat> you know, proud business from the Midlands and, um, you know, the, all the incredible work that Ben has done. But what passion and excitement Jim Shark are sharing and, and talking to the business community like they did at the Transatlantic Conference, you know, um, as how they built their business. And, and obviously yeah. they're quite unusual, um, very untraditional, but still, you know, incredible advice. And I think that's just so important for this boom of startup that's that's happening um i mean obviously you know a, a good number of years ago now but the uk economy is now led by the sme mm. so so i think that there's this incredible change happening but like you said it's great to see that so many of these big businesses are recognizing this and actually giving their time advice and helping support in even a small way like um, Jim Shark sponsoring a, a load of membership for the future faces. You know, it's very, very small things all yeah. the way up to to big things of actually coming to yeah. conferences and sharing marketing strategy, which, um, you know, coming from a business like them is just yeah. gold in, you know, and it's invaluable information. Well, I mean, Jim Shark, a great example of that, that generosity of spirit, because, you know, the business is is booming and, and we sort of heard at the Transatlantic Conference, you know, how that it's grown and about 50 percent now of their business is done in North America and how, you know, they're looking to put sort of, you know, sort of bricks and mortar on the ground on, on the West Coast. And, and clearly, you know, that's a business which uh, is on a, a phenomenal uh, upward curve of, of growth and development and, you know, linking in with with the chamber with future faces you know they they genuinely just want to give back they're not that they they ask for so little from us you know they don't want um branding or almost even acknowledgement it's about hey how do we make a positive difference because while you know we are a global business and we are sort of growth and we're the darlings of, of you know lots of the media they're rooted in the west midlands they're very clear on that they're very proud about that and they want to support you know, businesses here and around because it's the right thing to do and the chance to give back. And, um, you know, you sort of see, you can imagine, you know, sort of running the, the chamber that that's it, it's phenomenal because, um, you know, we feel very fortunate to have their their support, their input, but they're doing it for the right reasons. And um, that's that's very, very powerful, very powerful. Absolutely. And, and I think. What one of the nicest things I've seen is this culture shift where I think, you know, that the businesses like Jim Shark are leading it across the business environment where yeah. not only is it about caring more as a community, but but actually caring inwardly. Um, mm. You see a lot of sort of old fashioned businesses that are struggling 
with staff retention. They're struggling getting in new talent. And, you know, a business like Gymshark with there's an average age of, is it 22, 23, yeah. 185 million turnover business. And, and you sort of, it's really great to see that shift happening where they're bringing up and talking about some of these conversations around, you know, flexi hours and mental health in the workplace and all of these things that, um, we all kind of, I think, have a sense that they're important, but it's only when businesses like them start to really profile it and say, no, this does matter. It is about yeah. looking after your community genuinely. This is not a CSR approach where, like you said, yeah. we want, you know, all the PR and, and the big badges for, for helping. But actually, yeah. this is just genuinely being a little bit more human and yeah. caring for our staff and and. um my memory sort of escapes me but the two guys that spoke at the transatlantic conference the passion that exuded them about the gymshark brand it's almost yeah. like two directors were standing on stage and, and yeah. you're saying this is such an unusual situation to have but so great that a company like that is highlighting it and saying look what happens when you care more about your people both yeah. internally and externally look at what a brand can do with that so i guess What's your perspective, you know, being in the middle of all this sort of excitement and different businesses? What's your perspective on the way that business is changing as a whole culturally and, and um, you know, becoming more human? I think it is. I think it's moving at pace, isn't it? And, you know, what we um, try to do is to shine a light on best practice such as that. Because, say, that example of of Jim Shark and the, the 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 two members of the team who who spoke at our conference, it was genuine and it was infectious. And you know, you had, you know, you couldn't fake that, could you? And I think people come away going, "This is a powerful uh, organization. What's their 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 culture about?" And that's where you know, when you you profile it and and others, um, you start to share, and people there is an appetite to learn and to sort of follow those and maybe it's success it's being successful so people go, well, how are they they doing it but you say like anything you can't just imitate you have to understand it if you just take a photograph you won't necessarily see what it's like in in 3d you've got to um get a better sort of sense of perspective so say for example um uh, our policy team working with our, our marketing and comms team we, we'll always have a couple of months each year where we'll run very specific campaigns around best practice. So uh, we've got one coming up in September, which is um, all about business adaptability and resilience. So again, you know, businesses who've faced challenges or how have they um, managed risk or how have they changed and overcome adversity and, and sharing. And that's sort of very much about sort of thought leadership. And then in the spring, in March, we're running our, our growth through people campaign and it's you know it does what it says on the tin how do you grow your business by um uh, helping to make your your people more productive and, and sharing um different techniques and ways and you know jim shark have participated in the past and, and that can be from office environment to uh, thoughts around you know how we're dealing with uh, working hours to um sort of mental health in the workplace all of the the topics which are very prevalent right now, um, diversity and inclusion and why it matters, not just sort of numbers on a page, but actually how it um, sort of influences your, your organization and makes you you better. Um, we try to sort of aggregate it in these particular sort of campaigns and, and share it out there. There's lots going on on a daily basis, and I suppose that we use our 
uh, the, like the newsletters and, and social media to try to shine a light or events such as that you were talking at last week um, for future faces and then put the real spotlight on those those campaigns and as I say there's an appetite to learn people recognize that the world is changing and if you don't change and adapt then your business is going to suffer and I suppose that's always been the case and, and businesses who who thrive are individuals who, who thrive and prosper where you're always learning you've got to know your core know your your product know your your business know your people but you've got to always be on the lookout and it does feel that that right now the the world is spinning at an ever increasing rate of knots so if you're not engaged in the conversation and you're not alert then you uh, you aren't going to be doing as well as you possibly could be yeah definitely i mean i i think jim shark say it really well evolve or die um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, really simple way of putting it. But I think that you're seeing this massive shift happening right now where these sort of old, more traditional business models are, are having to change because actually the the younger generation are are pushing for things to be different. I mean, I was I was actually at a, a British Chamber of Commerce event um, early this year. Um, it was on the day that, that Brexit should have happened and, and sort of didn't. And um, it was a really great conference to be at because it was very political, but also there was this seam mm. of positivity to say, it, the world is not going to end. We will figure out a way of yeah. doing things in a different way. And um, there was a top economist at Indeed who was at the conference um, talking and, and he was showing you the statistics of job searches that were going on and you know there were certain terminologies and keywords of sort of mental health in the workplace and company culture and company engagement employee engagement and and there was this sort of real slow curving and then the last five years it looks like a cliff it suddenly just exploded up so I think this is where it's the ripple effect where mm. the companies like the Jim Sharks and uh, Monzo, I don't know whether you know Monzo, but, you know, they have this incredible employee engagement and company culture. And so I think that those businesses who, you know, let's look at the ROI of that. Look at how successful they are. Yeah. So you're saying, OK, that there's there's a, a, a resistance, I think, sometimes to spend money on employee engagement or spend money on, um, you know, staff well-being and wellness and mental health and all of these different aspects. But then actually look at the trajectory of brands like Gymshark, yeah. look at Monzo and their success. Um, I, I think in their last valuation, it was something like two billion um, already. And, and they're they're not even, I think, five years old. So, really? so I think, you know, you, you look at this incredible growth um, and I think that this, like you said, is this great opportunity within Birmingham that there is all of this growth and excitement happening. I just think that as, as business owners as well, it's like you said, it's about understanding what's going on and what's happening yeah. and how do I adapt and change? Because if I don't adapt and cha change, I'm not evolving. I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to fail because eventually I become obsolete um, yeah. because, I can't keep young innovative, you know, uh, staff who who bring innovative ideas to the table. Um, so I guess, what would be your advice? Um, you you've got this this great experience within all of these different businesses. What what is your advice to to businesses right now in Birmingham? You said that you know keeping your eye on the ball, but anything else that really jumps out at you as this is the time to do something because we have this great opportunity when Birmingham is just exploding. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what do they need to do to, to capture that? I think, you know, if you know, you're situated here, it is to recognize this, 
this moment an opportunity and and moments you know you almost won't know um or it's very hard to define until you're looking back retrospectively i a little bit would uh, and i think hs2 is such a catalyst for the the region that you which is quite convenient in some ways because it gives you certain time frames so let's let's say for example that the curzon street station and all that redevelopment around east side is is open in 2026 on on time and the first trains are running from from birmingham and through solihull and uh, then and although there is a, a second phase which will come in in i think sort of 2033 um you know so up until 2026 you've got all that development happening you've got the commonwealth games four years before in 2022 so you're going you know you could see how the moment should at least stretch over there for me it's about recognizing that and and going this is that time to to push this is that time to invest this is the time to to grow and you know, look at what we have here locally and regionally and we're sad on you know this is the heart of england you know the the west midlands is is a huge densely populated we've got sort of four or five million people in the the combined authority area there's a lot which can be done here it's beautifully positioned within the country so it's a great base where we're no distance from from anywhere really right in the the middle of it all but we're also you know we've got that that history and tradition of export and there's a lot of um support and knowledge and so you can grow from here and this is that time to be pushing that bit harder not to be resting on your laurels to recognize that you know what um you know, we talked in the past about say you know years gone by and there's sort of a sense where uh birmingham in particular maybe was was suffering well you know things move in cycles so you can't always assume that um conditions are stacked in our favor as they are right now so i think you know a little sense of urgency and around let's let's grab it let's let's push really hard and that's where you know organizations such as the chamber play our part it's about going you know we're here doing what we do anyway those who do get involved are getting that uh, added value that added benefit and if you're not involved with the chamber and your competitor is then they're getting a head start on you so it sort of feels like you know to try to take advantage of all of the additional support and resources that do exist push yourself push your organization and um and go for it really because there's a great time and a great sense of of the art of the possible right now yeah definitely um so true paul and i think it's that balance for me of you know birmingham is a great place to be doing business and if there's anyone out there listening that you know watching that is from birmingham and and you know or wants mm. to come to birmingham what an incredible place to be but i think past that as well we're also entering into a global stage is that, yeah. you know, if you are a business in Birmingham or Skegness or John O'Groats or, or Cornwall, there is absolutely no reason why you can't be playing at an international level very, very quickly. And, and I think that, that that balance of, you know, getting the local things right. Yeah. And, and because sometimes, you know, and, and I find this a lot with, with you know, business services, you do want some of it's down the road. You don't necessarily, you know, want, um, you know, let's say a, a marketing agency or whoever it might be. You don't necessarily want somebody that's in um, America or Canada. You know, you might do certain advertising or digital, but sometimes it is about having those local connections mm. because you can walk down the road 
and you can go and meet them and grab a coffee and talk things through. And, um, you know, I'm, I myself, I, th I think, are very lucky that I've met an awful lot of very good friends through the Chamber Network and yeah. whether probably a lot of us will never do business together. But actually, it's it's that network of people that you can mm. go and meet up for for a pint and sort of, you know, talk about what's going on and, and um, yeah. you know, get that kind of group advice and um, find mentors and people. So, so that's so important. But then it's the international level. So I think it's it's absolute prime time for people, for me, um, to realise how important that international network is is in the chamber. So um, I'd love to hear from you, even if it was just a, a couple of minutes, really talking about what that looks like as an international side of the chamber. If a business comes to you and says, I'm interested in yeah. B2B, B2C globally, well, what, how, how, how does that happen within the chamber? And I suppose, you know, the, um, even just the name, the brand chamber, it, it's one of those which everywhere around the world there's a there's a chamber of, of commerce uh, uh, you go into disney world in, in florida and you go into the magic kingdom and the the first building on your left where you're going to get your mickey mouse dollars it's the the disney chamber of commerce and i love that because it sort of um shows how you know in all sorts of walks of life this the chamber represents business and it represents a place where you you come together and sort of as we spoke about earlier can find that support and so what we're able to do you know as the the, the greater birmingham chamber we, we we tap into the broader british chamber network so uh, there's 53 chambers across um across the uk so again you may say oh i'm looking to do something in aberdeen or uh, on North Sea oil uh, exploration, uh, got any ideas, and we can very quickly link you up with um, with somebody there who would have that 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 experience or expertise, and it and it kind of works globally and through you know both the British Chamber network and then our own contacts that you've developed over time, you know people or even if you don't know individuals in certain places, you can kind of reach out to that entity and that that chamber to chamber connection um, sparks up that 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 conversation really really quickly so that that's incredibly powerful and um, it exists organically in that you know the sort of the global network there there's loose uh, affiliations but everyone is operating uh, independently you know so it's not sort of one body controlling them all but chamber somehow is that 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 calling card and you know, that's what we can leverage and so you're able it's a very very powerful uh, network and pretty much you know anywhere and, and everywhere and so if you've got that query it's a great place to start and again we've got um sort of teams within our operation here who you know specialize in in that and if they don't know someone directly anywhere else in the world then they'll know the person to contact or the number to to call they can make that initial uh, introduction and and you're off and running and we do the same um you know we sort of reciprocate and uh, and you do it because that's how business gets done and if someone from wherever in the world is coming to us and saying hey i'm in birmingham um this is what i do i'm looking for x y and z we'll go i'm sure you know we'll be able to find uh, somebody because we know that those people based here uh, it could be an opportunity for them. And again, we want to help facilitate business getting done. And um, so it's that mix of, yeah, there's personal links, but 
um, it's truly all over the globe. And so, you know, we, we like to make the most of that. Yeah, amazing. And um, and like I said, I, that's where my experience came from. Um, you know, I, I sometimes think I was a bit late to the party with the chamber. Obviously, I've been working with the chamber for a long time now. But, um, it, you know, I was late to the party in the sense of realising how valuable that was. And so as a very small company in the grand scheme of things in, in the West Midlands, um, producing all of our products in the UK, we managed in six years to get in 17 countries. And, and so yeah, that's, amazing. you know, and, and, and that's it. That's my example is saying to anyone out there, anybody can do it. If, if, a, you know, if a teenager from the West Midlands can, can, you know, create a global business using the chamber network, there is absolutely no reason why anyone can't. And, um, you know, and, and not to cast a shadow on this uh, otherwise very positive interview, but, you know, with the whole sort of Brexit looming and, and all of this uncertainty i know the chamber is offering you know an incredible yes. array of, of ways of of helping businesses understand that so I'd, I'd like to hear that from you but i think but the message that came through from the transatlantic chamber is but adapt and change and there's a big wide world out there and, and if you yeah. are worrying about brexit and you are a a rail company that sends you know 70 percent of its products to to europe there's this huge global market and there's lots of railways being built elsewhere. And, and so there's lots of examples of that saying there's this world yeah. of global opportunity and possibility. And in the digital world that we're in, we're talking through through Skype on a podcast. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't be talking to somebody on, on the other side of the world yeah. instantly. So, yeah. so I think that, you know, with the climate that's going on in the UK, I, I think that's a very powerful thing is to to look at that international network through the chamber. And, and if you yeah. are concerned about Brexit, um, sometimes maybe that's a little bit of a push to say, maybe you should be looking elsewhere. You know, Europe is a great and wonderful place to do business. But but also I, th I feel like this is an opportunity for Britain to respond and become a bit more global, yeah. to, to become yeah. a little bit less Europe focused. I, look, I agree. And I'm so, you know, we're on the one side, we're providing specific Brexit related support. So trying, we've got a, a, a very simple to use and navigate digital tool, our Brexit health check. And you, know, you can sort of go on and self-diagnose how, how ready are you? The bits that you don't know will signpost you towards information and contacts to help um, prepare as best as we can. We know that there's still so many um, unknown unknowns, but there are steps that you can take. So there's a piece of work around that and, you know, around Brexit sort of preparedness. But exactly what you just said, Louis, you know, it, it's more broadly, it, it's about lifting your eyes up and, and exploring. And, you know, sort of, you know, the world has never been linear. There's always been issues and challenges. I'm a big believer that every generation would have had um, their own. You don't have to look too far back in history to to see that businesses, um, you know, good businesses and ones who have uh, looked to explore, looked to grow, do so smartly, will always um, thrive and prosper. Um, and those who don't, won't do. Um, it's back to the, the Jim Shark sort of uh, uh, sort of saying, isn't it? And uh, I know it's funny because we were the chamber here was founded in 1813 and. I sort of go, wow, uh, back then the Duke of Wellington was still chasing Napoleon uh, around Europe. Uh, and, and in Birmingham, business people came together and decided we need to set up this, um, this organization to help ensure that business gets done. And right from the start, it was looking at, at global trade as well, not just um, sort of business in Birmingham. So, 
you know, while the characters have changed and the challenges have changed, the chamber and business has, has continued and it always does. And I suppose, um, you know, you're exactly right. That's where you know, nowadays with so much and so many resources at our, our fingertips, um, there, there's no excuse not to be exploring uh, the, the big wide world. And I think, as you sort of mentioned, if there's a, a bit of a push factor to do so, then, then maybe that's no bad thing. And certainly, again, we're one um, resource that people should be using and one that if you're hearing, well, wherever you are, sort of speaking to people at your chamber will help to set you on that that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's the message, isn't it? Yeah. Pick up the phone and, and see see what the opportunity is. Um, so, so Paul, as a, as a final a little question, I, I ask a lot of people this. Have you got any books, podcasts, people, companies that people should look at, follow? Um, you know, obviously, if they're looking to grow their business, if they're looking for examples, obviously you mentioned Chipshark quite a few times. That's an obvious one. But any other any other people, companies, books that, that you could uh, say to, to people to, to pay attention to? I think, you know, for me, it's about trying to keep as broad a view as you possibly can um you know soak up information from all you know, from all of those channels and and just keep that that inquiring mind because that's helping to inform you and there's no silver bullet there's no one way of doing it uh, there's no one guide and but i think what you and what you know, sort of um business people sort of do is you 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 take little bits from everything and you apply them to yourself and your own development and you apply them um, to your own business. So I think it's important to get breadth and it's important to get the cogs turning. And that's really where, uh, when you, you're, you're sort of trying to, um, uh, to, to read or to, to listen, that's what you want to pick up. I mean, there was a great book I read uh, a number of years ago called built to last, which is kind of one of those sort of seminal business books. And it, it talked about, um, would take examples of two organizations in similar businesses and how they were both seen to be staples uh, of that industry. And then, you know, certain challenges came and one dealt with it badly and disappeared. And there's you know, some brands and names who we don't even sort of hear of anymore and uh, others who adapted and went on to thrive. And it sort of made the point that stuck with me was that no one's got a divine right to be in business. Um, and you have to always be evolving and changing and adapting to your market adapting to circumstances and the minute you get i guess complacent um is the minute you're going to suffer it maybe it is back to jim shark in a neat way of of adapt or die but that's all that's a, sort of a universal truth um and so i think you know it's it's important to always have that in mind and then always be looking to to learn and get better brilliant um sage advice paul and and finally um plug time um where can people find the chamber um sort of websites or social media um just and anything you want yeah. to mention i mean greater birmingham chambers.com uh, is our website um awful lot of uh, you know, info on there be it about events or some of the the campaigning material that we we're doing uh sign up to our daily newsletter uh we have a great team here producing and sharing an awful lot of business news. You want to know what's happening in, in the greater Birmingham area that you know, pops in your inbox every morning at, at 9am and is a really neat, uh, quick and easy way to, to keep up to date with everything and follow us on, on social media. We're very active on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, would love people to, uh, 
to check us out and again just get into the flow of the conversation and um you know we're, we're based in in uh you know the middle of birmingham want to come in and see us then then please do but you know there's a lot of events going on and look people to reach out and you know look forward to hopefully seeing some of the listeners and viewers at, uh, at one of our events in the uh, the near future Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Paul. Been an amazing conversation. And um, yeah, yeah looking forward to seeing some of the listeners as well uh, at the events. Yeah, Great. thank you. Thanks, Louis.